All right, we're right here on WFSE. It's the morning after with your host, Tubby. How are you doing, guys? It's uh, it's me. I'm hanging out. Uh, hopefully, I have uh, Mike Fenner on the line. I think I set it up correctly. Let's see if uh, if he can hear me. Mike, are you there for me? Okay, I hear him talking, but I can't hear him. So, apparently... I did this. Let me go back through the, uh, the checklist here, trying to work this out. I know, I know. Normally, I have uh, Tyler with me. Um, Tyler's a bit under the weather, I believe. So, we'll try to. Mike, can you hear me? No. Okay. How about now? Can you hear me? Yeah, there we go. I got it. You know what helps? You know, there's these two little buttons on the bottom, right? Red makes the mic hot. Yellow makes it yep. cold. Yeah. When you want your <laughs> guest to speak, you got to hit the red one. Yeah. So, okay. So, we're good. I got you in. I took my first phone call. I did okay. It's not too big of a deal. I didn't. The station didn't burn down, so we're doing good, right, Mike? Exactly. Let's get after it now. <laughs> Alrighty, so we're leading off today, as we usually do on the morning after on a Friday. It's a Borough Football Friday. That's right, our Fighting Scots are taking on the Slippery Rock. They're coming in Saturday for Senior Day. And, uh, Mike, so what do we got going on for this game coming in? Uh, well, it is Senior Day. Um, five Fighting Scots will be honored before the game. They will be the game captains as well. Uh, they would have six, but Mike Shantz is a senior linebacker who has lost in the first game of the season. Uh, he'll be coming back next year with a red shirt. That's what they're anticipating. Uh, he definitely played the minimum amount or the maximum amount of snaps, I should say. Uh, we're still keeping that red shirt intact. So you'll see uh, Jake Potts, Jason Watts, Joe Sullivan, Nick Roberto, four offensive linemen, and then Dom Principale, a defensive lineman. Uh, as the game captains and seniors, so they'll get their due. Uh, they'll be honored pre-game ceremonies for senior day. Um, one number I was digging up, though, when looking through the game notes and preparing for this last night, actually, is uh, the last time Edinburgh went winless at home for an entire season, 1966. And, Tommy, they only played three home games that season uh, as compared to looking at this season, I mean, uh It'll be their sixth home game and final home game on Saturday tomorrow. So that's quite quite a number to try and chew on, quite a number to try and avoid. Uh, and they would really like to be able to avoid that number uh, and pull off the upset against a team that is ranked in the top 15 nationally in multiple polls for Division Two. Right. So we're looking at a – so basically what I'm saying is, is there's a chance, right? Like the Slippery Rock isn't that much – out talent. We have talent on this team, right? We could pretty much match up with anybody. Am I right? Uh, I mean, I would say that in most cases, but uh, Tommy, I hate to say this. This might be the most um, lopsided matchup in terms of uh, what a team does well versus what the uh, the opposite team doesn't do well. I think when you look at the running games of both teams, both offensively and defensively, it doesn't stack up well uh, for Edinburgh. I mean, consider what Slippery Rock does. Um, on the defensive side of the ball. They are the number one team in the PSAC against the run. They are the most stout team, 71.5 yards per game given up. Meanwhile, Edinburgh is just 13th running the football, 96.6 on average. This was 13th 
in the conference, only three and a half yards per carry. They've only scored seven rushing touchdowns, one of those coming from a running back, uh, which we saw last week in Edinburgh's loss to Mergers from just two yards out, a drive that started on the Lakers' three-yard line. Meanwhile, Slippery Rock only gives up 2.2 yards per carry and eight rushing touchdowns on the season. Also, the number two scoring defense, 20.1 points per game. This defense is stout, and they stop the run. That's what they do well. Edinburgh struggles to run the football. So I just think it spells a really, really big mismatch between these two teams. Right, so it's going to be a long day unless Edinburgh can invent a new way to play Borough football. Yeah, it seems that way. Um, And then you look at the offense for Slippery Rock and you go to the other side. Uh, They're the number one team scoring in the conference at 44.8 points per game. They've only been under... Um, or pardon me, they've never been under 30 points scoring this season in any of their contests. And you start rifling them off, uh, 39 against New Haven, 34 against East Stroudsburg, 75 against Millersville. Then you go to 38, 41, 56, 35, and most recently 40. This team's not scored under 30 points per game. They, don't, they know how to put points up on the board. Uh, number two team in rushing at 273 yards per game and 31 rushing touchdowns. So five touchdowns away from tying their program record in a single season at 36, which they did back in 99, actually. Wow. So I I, I don't know. I mean, I just I, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get behind. I'm trying to find a reason. I'm trying to uh, to dig deep and get out of these players here at Burrow something that they can latch on to and be like, you know what, we can do this. It's our last game at home. Let's, you know, protect the Sox, you know? I, I I don't know where to go from here. I mean, I know it's doom and gloomy outside today with the rain and the cold and the yuck and stuff, but it, is there any bright spot at all for Saturday at all, period? Consider this. Uh, Slippery Rock is dead last in terms of passing yards allowed for a game. And actually, I'm not sure if this stat has held up, but a couple weeks ago this was to be the case. No team in any division has faced more passing attempts than Slippery Rock, which is kind of a weird stat. Uh, between Division One, Two, and Three, no team has faced more passing attempts. And I'm not sure if that you know credits their run defense and the teams are too afraid to run and they just try and chuck it, and that's how they fall in the trap, uh, or, or if it's just half, you know pass happy teams. But uh, this team averages over 307 yards per game allowed through the air. So maybe this Edinburgh passing attack that's coming up on 2,000 yards for the season with quarterback Jake Sisson, you know, maybe they just kind of give up on the running game coming in, trying to air this thing out and see what they can do. Uh, because, you know, as you said, Slippery Rock, they give up a ton of passing attempts, passing yards. Uh, only 11 touchdown passes allowed, but you know, maybe that's the weak spot that Edinburgh can try and exploit. Right. When, I, when I've watched Jake, uh, Jake play. He seems like he's a little bit more comfortable um, if he's allowed to roll out, if he's on his feet and moving and such. Do you think there'll be more of a, not necessarily play action, but more of a, a getting him moving and in the groove to help his passing situation? Yeah, no, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do to try and put it together. We've seen a couple really good weeks um, from wide receiver Alex Kelly to help him out as well. Uh, averaging nearly 19 yards a catch now, six touchdowns, which now leads the team, also leads the team in yardage at 638 yards receiving. 
um, in three straight games, if I'm not mistaken, with triple digits and yardage. Uh, so he's really come to and helped out Darren Massey in the, in the wide receiver game and the passing game. And if those guys can get open, you know, make plays and make yards after the catch, which we've seen Caratelli do. He's got the two longest passing plays uh, from the receiver spot on the year, 76 yards and 75 yards, respectively, two touchdowns up to six. If they can get those big plays going, maybe it will soften up the slippery rock defense. They can't stack the box. Uh, they've got to spread it out and look out for the pass and look out for those receivers. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but for now, I'm, I'm telling you, that running game, between both sides of the ball, it just looks like a total mismatch, and that's a big reason why this SRU team has got a national championship on its mind, looking for its third straight PSAC West championship and also looking for its second straight conference title overall uh, as they look for the NCAA Division II playoffs. All righty. Well, you know, I guess we'll just all have to show up on Saturday and see what happens. It's supposed to be a break in the weather. It's supposed to be a great uh, day for borough football as far as weather goes. So there's no excuse not to come out uh, this Saturday uh, unless you're me and you have to take your kids to, like, a birthday party, which was unfortunate. Because yeah. yeah, I, no, I set it up as a reward. I set it up as a because I, I told my sons, I was like, look, if you guys get all your homework done for the week and Daddy gets his homework done for the week, we'll go to the game on Saturday. I come home, explain it to my wife, and my wife goes, yeah, they have a birthday party that Saturday. So... <laughs> So it was uh, it, it was really bad, and I kind of felt like this. There you go. So, but uh, anyway, so if you're not tubby and you don't have uh, family commitments and kids' birthdays and such on Saturday, make sure you come on out. Um, you can catch Mike Fenner and Tyler Trumbauer on the call. Um, is this on ETV as well, Mike? Nope. We got uh, Sports Fever, so that'll be on ESPN3 and Sports Fever. Uh, but don't go there. You want to stick with us. You want to uh, listen live at 88.9 like you were talking about. Right. You want to hear the guys right here on 88.9 WFSE. You can catch us over your airwaves at 88.9 or on the TuneIn app, which everybody should have on their phone by now. Or if you're in your house just kind of hanging out, chilling, trying to write those last-minute 10-page papers that are due next week, you can check us out on edinburghnow.com through the live stream. And uh, so I guess that's about it, Mike. I mean, do you have anything else just to wrap it up here before we get uh, uh, Mr. Weisenauer in? Uh, should be an exciting weekend of football between uh, not only PSAC games, but uh, you know that Temple-Notre Dame game, I'm sure Tyler's got his, his eyes set on that one as well. That should be a really interesting ball game when you consider uh, Temple, Houston, and Memphis right now. Um, looks to be all lanes headed toward these three teams on the crash course with undefeated records for the moment. But if Temple can beat Notre Dame on with game day in town in Philadelphia, maybe yes. that'll be something else. So yeah, that'll be uh, should be plenty of good college football heading into Sunday NFL again. Yeah, we're gonna get into more of that when your uh, when your buddy Gleason calls in. So we'll have to see what what he has to say about it. I'm gonna ask yeah. his top two games over the weekend. Who's he? Uh, what two games are you calling all the boys and bringing all the chips and dips for? Uh, for major college? Huh? I'm sorry, what'd you say? Yeah, I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Gleason what are his top two college games on Saturday that he's inviting all his friends over and sharing the chips and dips with to sit down and watch. Gotcha. I mean, apparently, according to last week, he thought Alabama and LSU were playing this week, but that's, uh, that's actually next week, so he was thinking that's where game day was headed. But Tyler, uh, he, he trumped him on that one with the – the Temple Notre Dame call. Oh yeah, he called it. He called it. He's you know sometimes you know even a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. 
All righty, Mike. So I appreciate you calling in this morning on your busy, busy Friday, getting prepared for Borough football. And uh, we'll see you back in here live in the studio on Monday, correct? Oh, yeah. Appreciate it, Tommy. Thanks for the time. Hey, no problem. Have a good one. You too. Alrighty, so that was our boy Mike Fenner, the station manager here at, at 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. Like I uh, already said, you can uh, hear him and Tyler do the play-by-play, which if you haven't heard them yet, you need to tune in just for that simply alone because it is a treat, my friends. Um, right now we're going to head into our first break here, uh, bring you some music, and then we'll be right back with uh, Mr. Weisenauer of the uh, Go of Go Erie. Support for Edinburgh Campus Media is provided in part by ECRA, a grant-making organization that supports economic and community development in the Erie County nonprofit sector. Information is at 814-897-2690 or at ecgra.org. Alrighty, that was the cars there for you early on this Friday morning. Right now, I got Tom Weisenweber of Go Erie Varsity Sports Prime. How are you today, sir? Good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just, you know, sitting in the studio, living a dream, talking about sports. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what have you what have you seen coming up this weekend? What are your uh, what are your big games to look for here around the D10 area? Oh, well, you know, we got uh, Cambridge Springs that's traveling the Iroquois. That's for the Region Two Championship, uh, kind of wrapping up region play here. Uh, that's going to be a big game and. Uh, Slippery Rock travels to Corey. Winner gets to go to the playoffs in Region 3. Uh, loser goes home, which would be a big accomplishment for Corey. Uh, it's a you know Mercer County-heavy region. That's a pretty good region that's tough to win in. So that'd be big for them. And uh, you look over at uh, Region 4 in Erie County. You got uh, a couple of big games, uh, Fort LaBeouf and Harbor Creek. Uh, uh, Harbor Creek's trying to get into the playoffs. So, uh, you know, a win there or a uh, – or, I'm sorry, Harbor Creek against uh, Gerard. And if Harbor Creek can win, they're in uh, in uh, Northwestern plays Fort LaBeouf. Northwestern, they need to beat Fort LaBeouf and uh, Harbor Creek to lose to get in. So, it looks like Harbor Creek's going to the playoffs. But, yeah, like four or five meaningful games come up tonight. It should, should be an interesting week. Right. I see that they're starting to line up now where there's a, there's a backyard brawl happening here, uh, Maplewood against Union City. It might not yeah, be. you know, Union City's uh, both teams are pretty uh, improved this year. Uh, usually, they're not great teams uh, in football, but both have improved uh, pretty well. Uh, Maplewood is uh, is fighting for a playoff spot right now. Union City can still get in, but needs a ton to happen. But needs a ton of help, so it's a pretty pretty good game for Region Two. Uh, you know, playoff implication game, uh, but Maplewood definitely uh, could cap a pretty good regular season with a win. Right. We also had some action last night as Meadville defeats East, seventy-five to twenty-four. Was this? Did this go down about the way you thought it would go down, Tom? Yeah, you know, East has been struggling this year. I'm actually surprised it scored twenty-four points, uh, but Meadville's defense has not been great at times this year. But Journey Brown ran for three hundred yards. Uh, he's the one that ran for seven twenty-two early this season against Two Boys, having just a spectacular year up to 2,400 yards this season and uh, went over 4,000 yards last night, broke the Meadville rushing record for his career as a junior. So uh, he's having just a great career there. And uh, Meadville, you know, they're interesting. they got to play Franklin next week. They win, they'll be the three seed from their region, and they'll play Central Tech in the first round. They lost to Central Tech at Meadville. I think it was 46-42 earlier this year. So uh, definitely uh, some momentum building there for Meadville. 
but uh, some great games coming from them soon. Right, and as I heard earlier on uh, one of the other stations, I believe Meadville has 90% of the squad will return for next year? Yeah, it's, it's a pretty uh, junior and sophomore-heavy team, which is ridiculous. They, uh, Journey Brown's going to be back. Antonio Ferraro is another star running back for them. He's back next year. Uh, they have a lot of young sophomores and freshmen that are playing. So it's a it's a young team that can score at will. They just need to learn to play some defense. They uh, they were in that 107-90 game early this year. They just they gave up so many points at times. It's it's tough to consider them really a contender for District 10. So and once they learn how to play defense, they'll be pretty good. But right now their offense is explosive. Yeah, it should be should be interesting to watch coming through. Now that we're getting down here to the nitty-gritty and everything is pretty much shaked out, um, who do you see really going far as far as uh, playoff time since we're knocking on the door of that? Well, I think uh, uh, Hickory uh, down at Hermitage, PA, they're, uh, they're probably a state title contender. Um, it's interesting with Hickory. Every year they seem to lose some region game uh, somewhere, and they lost here to Sharon, a rival, 35-34. So, they never win a region title, but they've won the last four District 10 AA championships. So they really turn it on when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, their star safety, Andrew Prince, is committed to Penn State. Their uh, running back, Chuck Carr, is already over 3,000 yards as a junior. And uh, a sophomore quarterback thrown for 1,000 yards this season. So they have a, uh, a pretty good team that's really loaded. They were one play away from going to Hershey last year. I think the, everyone's back this year. So. I think Hickory's probably the team that's going to go the furthest. Uh, Sharksville's pretty good in single A. Farrell's pretty good in single A. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure Cathedral Prep gets past the Whitfield champion in AAA. So I think really Sharksville and Hickory are the two best uh, contenders for a state title. Alrighty. Um, it, is there anything else really you got going on right now, Tom? You want to let the people know? Uh, well, we got some uh, soccer and volleyball playoffs going on. Uh, soccer playoffs the last two nights, a little, a few games here and there. Uh, full slate of volleyball tomorrow. Uh, 16 games in the first round of the D10 playoffs should be chaotic with all of the college football teams in town. So uh, it should be a lot of fun, but uh, pretty busy coming up here in the next few days. Already, hopefully that uh, you know your keyboard stays strong as you uh, <laughs> let us know all the information <laughs> there on Varsity Prime. You can get there by going to goerie.com and look up high school sports. That's where you'll find time Tom Resin. I'm sorry, I'm butchering your name, and it's it's all my fault today. It's a Friday. It's I don't know what it is. My brain and my mouth just will not get on the same page today. No, it's all right. <laughs> all right, so make sure you, you check out Tom Risenweber on GoErie.com through Varsity Prime. Tom, thanks, as always, uh, for your time here on Friday. All right, thank you very much. Yep, have a good one. You too. All right, so we're going to go ahead and hit our next break here. Um, and, and we'll be right back and hopefully we'll have, uh, Josh Gleason coming up talking about all the NCAA action. Stay right with me right here on the morning after on 88.9 WFSE fighting Scott's radio. Alrighty. And we're back right here on the morning after it's your boy, Tubby. And right now we're going to move right on. Talk with Josh Gleason about some NCAA division one. Josh, are you with me? I'm here. Already awesome, the sauce. So, all right, so as I alluded to when I talked to Mike earlier today, what are the top two games this Saturday? You're calling the boys. You're breaking out the chips and dips. What two games are you, Josh Gleason, watching in earnest this Saturday? 
I would definitely say I think the top game for this weekend is going to be really the Florida-Georgia game. And that's huge because the Gators are hosting at 6-1 and one versus 5-2. and two. Georgia's falling out of the ranks of – the falling out of the ranks, but they're still only a two-loss team that's still got a decent amount of talent. Unfortunately, they lost their star running back, Nick Chubb, a few games ago, but it's still a talented team from top to bottom with a fierce defense. And the Florida-Georgia rivalry is one of the biggest in college football. So, you know, the Bulldogs are going to be coming at the Gators 100%, especially because if Florida wins this game, they will actually clinch their division in the SEC and have a spot already locked up in the SEC championship. So this is a huge game for Florida, also for Georgia, because they can stay in that championship game hunt with an upset win. And then after that, I think the the game day site of Temple-Notre Dame is going to be a good one. Temple at 7-0 hosting Notre Dame, who's 6-1. You know, Notre Dame's the favorite coming into the game. They're ninth in the nation. Temple's 21st. But we've already seen Temple beat some quality FBS teams in Penn State and Cincinnati. They really got after Christian Hackenberg when those two played, and they were able to knock off Gunnar Keel and the Bearcats as well. So now they have a chance to host Notre Dame, who's shown a lot of promise lately with Kaiser in at quarterback after there's Original starter got hurt for the year, and C.J. Procyte has really taken over lately at running back. The former wide receiver's kind of taken off in the last few games for Notre Dame and has worked himself into the Heisman talk, really. Right. That's going to be an exciting game. And, and lucky for you, uh, Tyler isn't in because he'd be holding it over you that he called it that college game day would be <laughs> there for Temple Notre he, Dame. He did. It actually, um, from what I saw, it came down to that game or Washington State hosting Stanford. They said that it actually the producer said it was the toughest decision he's had to make in 12 years. But, I mean, that's the, the kind of the way the schedule worked out this week. There's not any other games going on between ranked teams. And uh, pretty much the reason why they consider that Washington State game is because Stanford's surging right now. They're actually ahead of Notre Dame in the polls. And Washington State, after losing to Portland State, an SDS school to open up the year, they've rattled off some pretty nice wins over the past couple of weeks. And now all of a sudden they're 5-2 and two and 3-1 and one in the Pac-12. So all of a sudden they're in the conversation again in the Pac-12 championship. And their quarterback, Luke Polk, has been incredibly efficient as of late. I would have liked to have seen a Washington State just because the fact that you know, for the longest time, there was always that Washington State flag at every single game day. And the Cougars haven't really been that relevant in the past, you know, 10, 15 years or so. So I thought it would have been cool if, uh, you know, the one year that they're kind of at least staying in the hunt for things, if game day went ahead and awarded them a game like this uh, for them to come over when they got their, their biggest game on the schedule hosting Stanford. Okay, so Josh, the season we're in today – and you are the NCAA commission. Who's in? I think I mean Ohio State definitely. I think they've really rallied the past few weeks, starting with that that Penn State game in the second half, playing exclusively JT Barrett, and then we saw him start against Rutgers with Barrett leading the team. It's just a completely different animal, and I I'm surprised it took Urban this long to make the change, but in the end, he finally did it, and this team looks a heck of a lot better because of it. Uh, after that, I'm going Clemson as my number two right now. Uh, I know they're the number three in the poll, 
But I really think that they, after what they did to Miami last week, I think they certainly deserve to be considered the number two team in the nation, handing a historic program like the U its worst loss in school history is no easy task, to say the least. And then I I really like whoever ends up winning the LSU-Alabama game next week. Uh, I'm not not so sure who's that gonna, who that is going to be as of now, but I'm I'm leaning a little towards LSU in regards to that just because they do have Leonard Fournette. They have the current Heisman front runner. So I I really like LSU, even though next week is obviously going to decide a lot of things. And then after that, I think TCU looked good enough last night where you got to start, you know, I mean, I think they were being considered before obviously being undefeated, but I think we're all just waiting to see what happens when they play some real teams, and that goes for Baylor as well. They still have to play each other. Both of those teams still have to play Oklahoma State, who's ranked 12th in the nation undefeated right now, and both of those teams also have to play Oklahoma, whose only loss was in a, a upset against Texas, but they're still ranked 14th in the nation at 6-1, and one, and their offense has been rolling ever since that loss. So there's still a lot of things to be worked out. I mean, that Notre Dame-Temple games, bar, barring any upsets this weekend, that Notre Dame Temple game is the only one that's really going to affect kind of the landscape of the playoff picture immediately this weekend. But there's still, you know, Iowa sitting out there undefeated. I know they haven't beaten anybody, but if they manage to be undefeated going to the Big Ten championship game, and a few of those other undefeated teams get knocked off, such as the Big 12 teams, uh, if, if Alabama beats LSU, if Stanford picks up another loss, if I was undefeated going to the Big Ten Championship and they only lose by a small amount to, say, Ohio State, the defending champion, there could be an argument that Ohio- Iowa deserved a spot, that last spot in the playoffs. But we still got a lot to wait for to really even kind of consider Iowa because they've had to battle through a few tough games as well against a relatively weak schedule. Hey, 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 hey. What's up? Who's showing up late? <laughs> you know, I figured since Josh Gleason is coming on the show, I'm going to show up in Josh Gleason fashion. Which there is you go. That's a good show. call. But you know, I had to. I rushed over here to make sure that I was here for your segment because I, I heard on the way over Tubby mention it. But I just had to, to let you know that you know I know I'm basically an employee for ESPN, and <laughs> I can decide, and I know when where College Game Day is going to go. And the fact that you discredited the Temple. Uh, Notre Dame game. I just wanted to just let you know that I, I knew the importance of that game, and you, you our college football experts, do not. <laughs> hey, you called it. You, you got me there. You, you beat me on that one. So, so who's your who's your prediction <laughs> for this game? Because obviously it is one of the two biggest games this week, if not the biggest. Who do you have in this one? I mean, Temple getting up 21st ranked in the nation, their first time in program history that they're ranked facing a ranked school. And it's at, the, at Lincoln Financial Field, sold-out crowd. Uh, what do you got? Who do you got? I think Notre Dame's going to win. And, you know, I think this Temple team's good. Their defense is really something to be reckoned with. But overall, Temple hasn't been a top-ten ranked team since 1925. And Notre Dame's in these type of games every single year. So I'm going to hedge my bet towards a team with experience in these type of, types of games. This is only Notre Dame's third road game of the year. And it'll be interesting to see how the Philly faithful show up because, I mean, Temple, college sports, uh, other than really building over basketball, college sports aren't really a big thing in Philadelphia. I mean, Penn football 
gets a little bit of love when they play certain Ivy League rivals. But overall, Philadelphia and college sports aren't really, you know, a huge staying power. You could probably attest to that a little bit, especially, like I said, when it comes to football. And, you know, this is like we've talked about before. It's been a really long time since Temple has been this good. So there really hasn't been too much of a reason to really get behind him either. But right now, the cheapest tickets I can see – According to ESPN, the cheapest tickets for that game are going for at least 200 bucks for that game. So maybe it's going to be packed. Uh, maybe the Philly faithful are going to show up and be screaming their heads off, which you know could certainly push Notre Dame. But their only loss this year came at Clemson. They came back pretty strong in that one. So I don't think Notre Dame's really going to get thrown off by the road atmosphere. Right, and in that Clemson game, there were not so favorable conditions there. One of the few times it actually rains down there for a Clemson game. Um, but right. uh, the, the Lincoln Financial Field is sold out. I know there's probably tickets on StubHub in that secondary market, but primarily it is sold out. So I, I, I agree with you that college football, college sports in general isn't that big, but uh, Philly, from listening to Sports Talk Radio, following people over there, they're pumped, especially with the way um, – you know, the way Penn State's just been this year, it's it's that's the team that people have been gravitating towards. Um, so I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we haven't asked his Heisman uh, for the week yet. So let's let's see as the top three change in your Heisman, Gleason, as your parting shots today. I'm going to – I think right now, uh, number three, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and bump Ezekiel off a bit uh, from where I've had him the past couple weeks, and I'm going to put him in that number three slot. Um, I think, again, like I talked about earlier with Ohio State really clicking ever since they put JT Barrett in at quarterback, I think that's been a huge help for Ezekiel Elliott as well because they've added that second rushing threat in the backfield and it's made those read options a heck of a lot more dangerous because of the actual threat that JT is running the ball compared to Cardell Jones. Second, I still like Dalvin Cook. Unfortunately, he is not going to be playing this weekend against Syracuse, so that's really going to hurt. Uh, it could potentially hurt his Heisman, um, you know, status. But, you know, at the end, we'll see how much that really affects him. Uh, this injury's been something that's been bothering him for a while. Now after, you know, we saw him get less carries in the second half against Georgia Tech, something that really hurt Florida State and ultimately led to the kick six, so to say, and the upset that Georgia Tech pulled. It, that must have been what was affecting Cook, and it's the reason why he's out against Syracuse. But he's still averaging 8.17 yards per carry. You can't discredit that. And then first, still by a long shot, though, especially now that Cook has to miss the game, that, that really helps out Leonard Fournette, who's you know carrying the LSU team to an undefeated record right now. He leads the nation in rushing yards. He's right below 200 yards a game. He finally dropped below that amount after this past weekend uh, when he played Washington, Kentucky. Again, not so favorable conditions. They got up, and they didn't really need him in that game. So, But he's also still tied for first in the nation in rushing touchdowns with a guy I talked about a lot, Greg Ward Jr., who is still in that Heisman conversation as well, the Houston quarterback. He actually plays Vanderbilt this weekend. So I know Vandy's not a great SEC team, but it's still an SEC team. Houston doesn't have the most, the toughest schedule outside of that. So that's going to be a big game for, for his Heisman talk as well. There you go. That's Josh Gleason on his – I think we can cement it as a weekly spot here Yep. on the morning after 9.30 college football talk every Friday morning. Enjoy the games. Um, and if 
if Temple wins, I will be trolling you so hard that you're going to want to Gil Brandt me. I'm just going to let you know that right now. So uh, I'm prepared for it. Be prepared for that. So that's Josh Gleason. Thank you, sir. And we will talk no to you problem. same time, same channel next week. That's all for us for this segment of the morning after. We're going to hit a commercial break, come back. I'm going to explain what the heck happened this morning, and we're going to wrap it up with some NFL talk and more to send it out to the weekend. Don't go anywhere. We roll along after this. 9.51 here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after here in our final segment. Tyler Trumbauer here, finally with you fine folks on a Friday morning. Full-fledged football Friday here on the show. And uh, thank you. Thank you for that, yes. Yeah, you made it in. But, I mean, with that as well, Tubby, who is along with me here, has been with you guys since the top of the hour. i got to get myself one of these. I mean, the face it, Tubby. What I did was I just, I just overslept. You know, hit the, hit the alarm snooze, then hit the alarm off, and next thing you know, open your eyes, it was 9.09. It happens. It does. And, you know, I'm not a very big morning person. So I, no. I'm surprised it took this long. Well, we started this show one of the last days in August. And now mm-hmm. we're in our last show of October. Mm-hmm. It took me that long to oversleep and miss a show unplanned. Correct. But, you know, I, got sh- I, got, I rushed, I got showered, I got everything ready, boom, arranged for a card to pick me up. And Car service. I, I, I arranged for a car to pick me up. If and, you are not and, big time and you have car service. And it's how I do. And I got over he here. Rolls, I got over here, dropped off at the curb, came in. Got here for the last 20 or so minutes of the show. So that's how I do it, trying to help you out. But but I do got to give an applause then for you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. For doing an unbelievable job holding down the fort. Uh, busy days on Friday. They're not easy. No, they are jam-packed. So you're going to come in. You're going you're gonna to have Mike Fenner. You're going to have Tom Risenweber. You're going to have Josh Gleason on the show. So good work by you for that and uh, holding down the fort. Awesome job. So now final segment here. My apologies to all of you, to Tubby, for missing out on this fine fine Friday show because I look forward to them because, you know, it's, it's, we got good stuff planned. So, missed the Borough football talk with Mike, uh, missed the high school football talk with Tom. I think they had a high school football game last night. They did, where uh, Meadville beat Iroquois 74-21. Did we ask 21. why they played on a Thursday? No. Oh, I was kind of Just curious. sometimes it happens that way with field availability. and It never happens in the Lehigh Valley. Well, you play Saturday. The only time you play, you play Saturday based on field availability, but never on a Thursday. I mean, I'm not saying it shouldn't happen or it couldn't happen. Right. I'm just saying I'm not used to that. It's kind of weird for me. But uh, So that's what's happened there. So thanks to Josh, Tom, and Mike for coming on the show. Um, appreciate that, as always. And all of them will be back in their usual time slots. And Fenner, you can hear him and I get the call for Slippery Rock Edinburgh at Sox Harrison Stadium tomorrow. 11.45 a.m. pregame starts. Kickoff at noon. We got you covered, 88.9. EdinburghNow.com and the TuneIn app. No ETV because it's on Sports Fever Television Network, so mm-hmm. you can see it through ESPN3, the like, tomorrow. Um, so they have it, not ETV. But you want to listen to Tyler and Mike on the home call, as it won't be Tyler and Mike on the uh, Sports Fever call. Right, it's some goons. I don't know who. And then um, Mike will be back here on Monday in some capacity on the show to recap SRU Burrow. But between that Saturday and that Monday is Sunday, which normally has NFL football, and this Sunday it does again because everything is right with the world when football is on on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already had a game, though, on Thursday night, last night. 
not as close as we thought it was going to, no. as I thought it was going to I be. I thought it was going to be a lot closer as well. Mike wasn't buying in on it yesterday. Nope. Patriots win 36-7 to at the Dolphins. Uh, the Dan Campbell era, the magical era that it was, has come back down to reality. And uh, unfortunately, the Patriots still show that they're the Patriots. I, I just think that the Patriots are just that next level. They're just that notch above. I still think Miami's going to be competitive. Well, yeah, Miami. I, I still think, think they're going to win a lot of games under um, under Coach Campbell. Right. I, I just think that they're just not there yet. No, I, I completely agree. But it showed that they aren't legit. You know, it showed that they haven't risen to a next level with right. Campbell. Right. And they haven't separated themselves. So now getting to the Sunday slate, uh, my favorite part of football is I, I love the 9.30 a.m. games. I mean, I don't, I don't care where they're being played. I think I think maybe this just shows that I need to live on the West Coast because I like football in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but nine thirty a.m. for not being a morning person, you like football in the morning, right? Because well, there's a difference between getting up at nine thirty already halfway through this show, right, and laying in bed and watching football slowly getting up, having a shower at halftime, the like or lazy morning. The biggest, the hardest thing about getting up in the morning, and I want to see if you agree or disagree with this, is that when you have to rush out of bed, you get up, you hit that alarm, or you just get up on your own recognizance, whatever, and you just get up. And, and you go, you know what I mean? You got to move. And then, boom, it's breakfast. Boom, it's this. Boom, it's getting the kids ready. Shower, just change. Boom, boom, boom. It's better. It's different than getting up, you know, rolling over, finding the remote, turning on the TV, flipping the thing, and you just lay there for 20, 30 minutes. Right. Well, see, that's why I have time management. I know that everybody, everything has to be done, and boots have to be stepping out the door at 7.30 a.m. in my house in order to right. hit my time hacks to make sure that I'm here, right. do all that stuff. So what I do... I set my alarm for 5 a.m. See, but if I do that, then I'll just hit snooze and be like, I have time. I have time. Because that's how tired I am. And I think the problem was is last night I had time. So I went to bed early. Oh. And I got into a deeper sleep. Right. When I normally sleeping for only five, six hours at a time. Right. I probably got a good, like, well, now that I overslept, I got a good, like, eight and a half hours of sleep. Solid. Right. Deep REM sleep. So that, I think, hurt me. But I need more of that. I mean, you people on radio. It makes you less cranky. You see the bags under my eyes. These things are like permanent parts of me now. Right. It looks like you're you're almost pushing my age at this point. Exactly. And I I can't have that. No. This this, this job is is running years off my life. All right. So (laughs) 930 in the morning, Lions, Chiefs. Chiefs, three and a half point favorites, neutral field um, for that one. So that's going to be an interesting start at Wembley Stadium. No Yahoo for this one. It will be on Fox. Don't worry, fine, folks. I know. Pain in my butt. All right. So, Tubby, give me your lock. Give me your lock and give me your upset. I gave mine yesterday. I'll recap for you, but I, I think you know because I think mm-hmm. you listened yesterday. But give me your lock and your upset for Week 8 in the National Football League. My lock has to be St. Louis over San Francisco. That's a 1 o'clock game. Rams 8-point favorites. Mm-hmm. That's my lock. Okay. My upset. Oh, man, I have like too many to choose from. Give me your top one. Um, you know what? As a shocker, I'm going to go Cleveland over Arizona, which I know is your lock. Cleveland over Arizona. The Brownies fans picking the Browns. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Woo! I'm going to do it. Wow. I mean, I know. Maybe got- he's going to start saying this. Playoffs? Don't no. talk about. Play- <laughs> no, I have no delusions. But I think for one time, they can step up. So one the time. Cardinals are six-point favorites. Is This is yes. at? In Cleveland. It's in Cleveland. All right. In Cleveland. I just think, I think Arizona, I, I don't know, Cleveland putting up only six points a week ago really got me down on them. Yeah. I'm very roller coaster about them. You know me. I'm a big Browns supporter. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I, that, that got me down on them for a little bit. And uh, so I think, and I think the Cardinals are rolling really well. 
um, overall. But I could see it. Didn't Cardinals play on Monday night against the Ravens? Uh, against the Ravens. So that's a shorter yeah. week for so them. They week. almost lost in upset fashion as right Ravens were marching down the field. So mm-hmm. I could see it. Could see it being an upset. But I don't know. But there's your upset lock from Tubby for Week 8 in the National Football League. All that slate of action on Sunday. We'll recap it on Monday with Tubby, hopefully myself for a full 60 minutes. Mike Fenner in some capacity as well. Good job, Tubby. Hold down the forts. Thanks once again to Fenner, Mr. Risenweber, and Mr. Gleason for calling in. Don't forget, bro, football tomorrow, 1145, right here on 88.9, edinburghnow.com and the TuneIn app. Check our podcast out later today on edinburghnow.com. That's all for us today here on the morning after, Tubby for the whole thing. Me working in a part-time capacity. Mm-hmm. But don't turn that dial. We have Marley coming in next for her weekly two-hour show here on 88.9. We'll talk to you all tomorrow, and the morning after rolls along on Monday. Have a great day and enjoy your weekend.